This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. Had you ever heard someone talking about a certain thing such as a football program at their favorite school? And they say, you know, we just hired a certain coach and they'll give his name and his credentials and they said, you know, I really believe that coach is going to be the savior of our program. Or, or maybe there's a politician that runs for office and, 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 and by listening to that politician, you would think that that person is going to be the savior of the nation. Well, all of that uh, is well and good. But that pales in, in insignificance compared to the savior Today on Getting to Know Your Bible, I want to talk to you about, oh, what a Savior. I'm Billy Lambert, and I want to welcome you to Getting to Know Your Bible today. And on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. And in order that you might know more about the course and how you can have the course free, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to call your attention to a passage in the book of Matthew, chapter 1 and verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That there's no life that has so radically changed civilization as that lived by the Lord Jesus Christ. Je Jesus Christ influenced the literature of the world. His life has influenced the art of the world. As a matter of fact, the life of Jesus Christ split the centuries from B.C. to A.D. The thing that's so amazing about that as Jesus never traveled very far from home. Jesus Christ never st st starred in a movie. He did not own an automobile. He never wrote a book. He never scored a touchdown, never hit a home run, did not own a cell phone, did not own a computer. And yet Jesus Christ is the greatest human being the greatest being that ever graced this earth. You know, he's described in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 like this. His name shall be called Wonderful. 
Not only is His name wonderful, Jesus is wonderful. Jesus Christ is wonderful in His promise. In 2 Peter 1 and 4, Peter described the promises of Jesus as exceeding great and precious. Jesus Christ is wonderful in His love. In John 15 and 13, Jesus said, Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus Christ is wonderful in the compassion that He had for mankind. As a matter of fact, I believe that word compassion, it it describes the entire ministry of Jesus Christ on this earth. In Matthew 9, 36, Jesus saw the people wandering about as sheep without a shepherd. And the Bible says there that He was moved with compassion. Jesus is the compassionate one. And Jesus Christ is wonderful, not only in His compassion, but Jesus Christ is wonderful in His purpose. What was His purpose? Why did He come into this world? 1 Timothy 1.15 tells us that He came into the world to save sinners. Jesus Christ came to be the Savior of the world. And man needs a Savior. Oh, indeed. Folks, we need a Savior. You see, man's feeble efforts can never save him. Let me tell you, technology cannot save us. Many people thought that technology was going to be our Moses to lead us out of the wilderness. But, but, but I think we're in more confusion today because of technology than ever before. Medicine is not going to be our Savior. I am so thankful for all of the medical advances that have been made. All of us benefit from those advancements. But still, that's not our Savior Wealth is not our Savior. You know, a person may be able to take their wealth and buy buy all kinds of little niceties, but they cannot buy the salvation of their soul. Jesus Christ is our Savior. And we need a Savior because of man's predicament. And the predicament man is in is called sin. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3 and verse 23. Someone may say, well now, Brother Lambert, what does it really mean to sin? Well, in 1 John 3 and 4, we we learn a definition of sin, and sin happens when we transgress God's law. Secondly, in James 4, 17, we learn that sin is when we omit God's law, to know to do good and a failure to do good, once we know to do good, the Bible says, is sin. Now, sin is a very deceitful thing. Actually, I I think sin is is a terrible monster. It is a monster because sin promises us one thing, it gives us something else. Sin promises us freedom and and instead it gives us slavery. Uh, sin, Sin promises us light. And in the place of that, it gives us darkness. See, sin promises us health. And in the place of it, it gives us sickness. Sin promises us uh, uh, heaven. And in the place of heaven, sin gives us hell. It is so deceitful. And the world today is in sin. 
1 John 5, 19 tells us the whole world lies in wickedness. Someone says, what's wrong with our world today? It's not politicians. It's not uh, laws that have been passed. The thing that is wrong with our world today, the predicament that we're in in our world today, goes back to the word sin, a failure to adhere to the law of God. The word sin literally means to miss the mark. And we have missed the mark. And because of having missed the mark, because of transgressing God's law, and because of omitting God's law, man sins. And because we sin, we needed a Savior. And even though we did not deserve it, God sent Jesus to be that Savior. He's described in 1 John 4, 14 as the Savior of the world. Listen to Jesus in John 4, 34. My meat is to do the will of Him that sent me. Did you notice that? The will of Him that sent me. Jesus was sent. And in John 6, 38, Christ said, I came down from heaven. I couldn't tell you how many years I read that passage without that first part of that passage really resonating with me. He came down from heaven. Why did you come down from heaven? I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him that what? Sent me. He was sent into the world. Listen to Jesus in John 9 and verse 4. I must work the works of Him that sent me. You see, Jesus was sent. But why was He sent? Jesus was sent to die on the cross. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 9. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes... He became poor. You see, Jesus was with the Father in heaven. But as the writer of the Philippian letter says in the second chapter, He emptied Himself. He divested Himself of all of the glories of heaven. And He was sent by the Father to come into this world to be the Savior of the world. Listen to the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy 1.15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. In other words, this is something, folks, that we need to listen to. Christ Jesus came into the world. Why did He come into the world? To save sinners, of whom I am chief. You see, Christ came for the purpose of saving mankind. And thank God, thank God Almighty, that we have a Savior. We, we have a Savior who existed in eternity, co-eternal with God. You know, some people think that Jesus was created. No, Christ was not a created being. Christ was co-eternal with God. Colossians 1, verses 16 and 17 tell us He was before all things. And by Him all things consist. And that simply means that it's by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ that He upholds all things. John 8, 58, Jesus said, listen to Him, listen to Him. Before 
Abraham was, that is, before Abraham ever existed, I am. That simply means that Jesus Christ has always been. There's never been a time that He did not exist. As a matter of fact, there's a prophecy in the Old Testament. Actually, the first part of this passage in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2 is about the birthplace of Jesus. But if you'll note the second part of that passage, he says, Whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Oh, there's never been a time that Jesus did not exist. Oh, what a Savior. We have a Savior who was born of a virgin. He was born of woman without the seed or the agency of man being involved. He was conceived in his mother's womb by the Holy Spirit. That's predicted. That's predicted in Isaiah 7, 14. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. And over in Matthew 1 and 23, the Bible says, uh, quoting that and showing the fulfillment of that prophecy, Behold, a virgin shall conceive, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted as God with us. Jesus Christ, born of woman, was God in the flesh. God in human form, come down from heaven. 1 Timothy 3.16 says, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Well, how was deity manifest in the flesh? It was manifest in the flesh in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a Savior who was born of a virgin. Listen to Galatians 4 and verse 4. And when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman. Made of whom? Made of a woman. Made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. Jesus Christ was born of woman without man being involved. Conceived, not by man's seed, but conceived by the Holy Spirit. Someone says, well, don't, don't you think, Brother Lambert, that, uh, that, that, that the birth was miraculous? No. When Jesus was born, His birth was just like all of the babies are born. But the thing that was miraculous about Him was the fact that He had a miraculous conception. There's never been another like Him. And that was even predicted in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Unto us a child is born. Let me ask you something. What's unusual about that? Some of you that are watching right now have had children born. That's not Jesus was born. Just like our children are born. Unto us a child is given. And then birth, and it goes on to say, Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And now the sex of the child that's to be born is predicted. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. In other words, he's going to be in a position of rulership. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There's only one person to whom that passage could refer. And that one person is none other than Jesus. Oh, 
What a Savior. We have a Savior who lived a perfect life. I can't say that, can you? I can't say that. I've not lived a perfect life. But Jesus lived a perfect life. 1 Peter 2 and 22 says He did no sin. Neither was any guile or deceit found in His mouth. I don't think any of us can say that. And 2 Corinthians 5 21 says He, he made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Jesus knew no sin, but He became the sin substitute for those who did have sin. So Jesus lived a perfect life. Hebrews 4.15 says, We have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was tempted in all points, yet without sin. Are you, have you ever been tempted? Somebody says, Now you're getting too personal, Billy. Of course I've been tempted. We all are tempted. And Jesus was tempted. But you know, He did not yield to that temptation. We have a Savior who lived a perfect life. And because of that, that qualified Him to be our Savior. The, the death of Jesus on the cross is foreshadowed in the sacrifices of the Old Testament. If you will go back and study about the sacrifices of the Old Testament, here's one thing you will learn. The Jews were commanded in the Old Testament when they offered a sacrifice to give the best they had. For example, when the Jews were in the land of Egypt and, and God was going to deliver them with a mighty hand and He told them to, to take a lamb without blemish and to put the blood of that animal on the lintel and doorpost of their houses. You see, the offering had to be the best they had. It had to be almost as perfect as possible. In Malachi chapter 1, the Jews were condemned because they had offered those things that were not perfect, that were imperfect, things that were blind and torn and sick. And because of that, those, re those sacrifices were rejected. When God began to look for a sacrifice for your sins, for my sins... Guess what he found? He found a perfect sacrifice. His Son. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 tells us, For as much as you know, that you're not redeemed with corruptible things, such as silver and gold, received by the vain conversation of the tradition of your fathers, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ as a lamb. Listen to it. As a lamb. You know, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Peter said, As a lamb without blemish, without spot. Oh, what a Savior we have. Lived a perfect life on this earth. And we have a Savior who went to the cross. Think about it. He went to the cross. I can't imagine dying on a cross, nor can you. I've never seen anyone die on a cross. I've only read about it. I've read how Jesus died. I've read a medical report of what was involved in crucifixion. And it, likely the most cruel form of death and torture, execution ever devised. 
Think about Jesus on that cross. Nails in His hands and His feet. And He died on that cross because of love. The greatest power in all, in all probability is the power of love. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Greater love has no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus went to that cross voluntarily. He laid down His life for His friends. And He did that out of love for us. Maybe I'm talking to someone right now who feels unloved. I've talked to a lot of people like that over the years. They feel lonely, left out, shunned, bypassed, unloved. Maybe that describes how you feel right now. But, but I want you to sit up straight. I want you to listen to me very carefully. You are loved. We have a Savior who came into this world and went to the cross because of love. Galatians 1 and verse 4 says, Who gave Himself. Himself. Well, why did He give Himself? For our sins. That He might deliver us from this present evil world. Woo, that's just thrilling, isn't it? It just makes you want to shout. We have a Savior who came into this world and died on that cross because He loved me so. Oh, what a Savior. We have a Savior who was raised from the dead. Uh, Romans 1 and 4 said, declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness. How was He declared to be the Son of God? By the resurrection from the dead. By His resurrection, for all time to come, Jesus Christ became the Savior of all mankind. When Paul was writing about the gospel in the first Corinthian letter, chapter 15, he said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which also you have received, wherein you stand, by which you're saved, if, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believed in vain. For, for I delivered unto you, first of all, how that Christ died for our sins according to Scripture, that He was buried, that He arose again the third day according to the Scripture. Jesus lives alive today. And He is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Oh, what a Savior. We have a Savior who's still in the business of saving souls. Have you ever thought about what Jesus can do? Jesus can take a life that is wrecked and ruined, he can take a life that has spent years living away from Him. 
And he can take that person and he can make something wonderful and beautiful out of that life. I've known of people in my lifetime that, I, that I've talked to who've had that to happen to them. But I'm telling you about a man in the, old, in the New Testament who, who had that to happen to him. His name was Saul of Tarsus. He was a man who persecuted Christians. He put them in prison. He didn't flinch when they were being stoned to death. And yet the Lord took that man and He changed him and he became the great Apostle Paul. And this is the man who wrote in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You see, he can take something that's wrecked and ruined, and he can do something wonderful with it. We have a Savior a Savior who one day is going to come back, but not to be our Savior, but He's going to come back then to judge mankind, to be the, the judge of all of the world. In the day in which He will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom He hath ordained, Jesus Christ the righteous, Acts 17 and verse 31. I want to thank you for watching today. And in the closing moments, I would urge you to give your life to Christ the Savior. He wants to save you. He is not a Savior. He is the Savior. And if you would believe in Him with all of your heart, according to John 8, 24, if you would confess that you believe in Him, according to Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, and if you would be baptized into Christ as a penitent confessing believer, you can obtain the forgiveness of your sins, Acts 2, verse 38, and thereafter live a faithful Christian life, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. Give your life to Christ. May I invite you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. If you're not certain where it's located, call us, and we will help you find that congregation. We want to thank you for watching today, and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580.
or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.